0: Welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast. This week, I've got an interview episode for all of you. And today, we are talking to Daisy Morris. Daisy Morris is a social media and digital marketing strategist and the founder of The Selfhood. Daisy has worked with Gen Z's favorite fashion brands and the UK's leading experiential businesses and lifestyle brands. The mission for her business, The Selfhood, is to make digital and social interactions feel human, natural, and uplifting. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what authenticity really means on Instagram, how to be authentic as a brand, the history of authenticity on the platform, like when it became such a buzzword, and in general, how to connect with your audience in a way that is true, honest, and human. Because social media really is about building relationships and that's what daisy and i are going to be talking about today so keep on listening to hear this awesome interview welcome to the creator club podcast i'm your host katie steckley youtube creator and creative entrepreneur The Creator Club podcast is a workshop-style show dedicated to teaching creators and entrepreneurs the best strategies for social media marketing and content creation. Whether you're into Instagram, creating on YouTube, trying TikTok, or producing podcasts, this show is made for you. And because here at Creator Club, we believe in teaching everything you know and that community is more important than competition, this club is open to everyone. Come and join us. Hello, Daisy. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks
0: so much for coming on. I'm so excited to chat today all about authenticity and being human on social media. But before we get into the good stuff, I want to hear the backstory on how you got started on social media and tell us about your business, how it got started and really what brought you into this industry.
1: Yeah, of course. So I actually studied fashion at university and I had this big dream of being like the next Vivian Westwood. And I got one module into my uni degree and realised that I actually couldn't sew at all. And <laughs> oh, no. uh, but my, my destiny within the design world was slightly doomed. So I kind of rethought my choices and decided to specialise in media so that was kind of more like web design, PR, social media, everything that I do now really. So it was a blessing in disguise that my sewing skills were awful. So mm-hmm. I graduated, I spent a year at a marketing agency, which was really cool because my degree was very much like creative and a lot about kind of aesthetic and visuals, but uni doesn't really tell you about how cutthroat the industry can be sometimes. So mm-hmm. I went right into into... Um, a big agency, and just learned how to deal with people and clients and basically be organized. So I did that for a year. And then I went to go work for a brand called Skinny Dip, who I think have a presence in the US as well now. They have a flagship store in New York, but primarily London-based. And I worked in their digital marketing team, working on social media, influencers, website, SEO. It was quite a holistic role. And then from then on, I went to work in events and alcohol which is so much fun but after three years is yeah a lot I was quite tired by the end of it and burnt out it was a lot of networking a lot of events but I made some amazing contacts and I met some really great people through doing that but towards the end I was just yeah completely burnt out and I just thought I've been doing this for nearly four years now I know enough people in the industry and I decided to to start freelancing. So I just was working with kind of hospitality brands, really. So bars, restaurants, and I was just doing social media and helping them get their brand out there. And then after a while, I, I kept getting referred to people. And I was like, I actually have too much work. So I started outsourcing some of my work. And then it was only really during the first Lockdown in London, which was in March last year, that I started to put stuff out on Instagram and build a bit of more of an online platform, and now I've got a really—I mean, it's still fairly small; it's in its infancy, but it's a really nice, engaged community online, and it basically is there just to help people and empower them to to give them the tools to do their own social media. Because I know that so many people just find it so overwhelming, but my mission is all about being human and being real and i think social media it can get a bad rep but actually it can be used for so many amazing things so a lot of my posts talk about just being real and not worrying about what other people think about you because i think so many people miss out on opportunities and hold back out of fear of what other people think when they're posting on whether it's instagram youtube tiktok wherever so I'm very much an advocate of just doing your thing, which is why I was so excited to talk to you today just about authentic marketing because I love everything that you stand for. And I know on your on your Instagram it's quite it's quite a personal Instagram. Also adds so much value and obviously through your YouTube you give so much away, but you're so you're such a core cool element of your brand. And when I was listening to your podcast and watching your videos, I was like, I feel like I really know you and I think that's so important when you're building any brand whether it's a product or a service online so yeah that's me in a nutshell that's that's how I got to where I am today
0: Yeah, I love that. I feel like everybody has such a cool backstory to how they come into social media. And obviously every different piece along the way kind of brings you a different level of experience and something else like kind of unique to how you can then coach people. And I feel like that we both have experienced like a similar thing in the online world and seeing that people can be so intimidated by social media and feel like, They don't know what to say or they don't know how much to share. And especially in the last number of years, being authentic, like authentic has kind of become a buzzword because it's such a popular concept to be like real and raw and whatever on Instagram. And sometimes that can be scary. Like in a way, I feel like social media is really liberating because you can share whatever you want, but it can also be almost paralyzing because you can share whatever you want and then trying to figure out what is the right direction to go and what is going to make sense for your overall goals can be sort of the difficult piece. So that's kind of what I'm excited to chat about today.
1: Mm, for sure. I agree with you. And I think that's something that comes up quite a lot with my clients is they'll say, I want to show you my face more. I want to be present on stories. I know that I need to be more of my own personal brand, but I don't know where to start. And I think there's definitely mm-hmm. steps that you can take, but what do you think because i think sometimes there's you have to have a really strong balance of what is oversharing and what is showing your personality and obviously you show up so much but you're still very much professional so where do you draw the line at what's oversharing and and what's being you know just real and authentic i
0: think that is such a big question and like a really important one for everybody to figure out for themselves for me what i've thought about over the years is just how is this going to help me connect with my audience? Ultimately, my goal at the end of the day with any content I put out there is to serve my audience in giving them value, giving them tips about social media marketing and content creation and connect with them to make them feel encouraged and motivated on their own journey. So then when I think about, okay, what can I share that is personal to me? I share those things that help contribute to those goals. So I ask myself, will this help my audience feel encouraged or motivated, or will this help them on their social media journey? And if it's completely irrelevant to that, then that might be something that I don't choose to share. Or even if it is, you know, not relevant, there might still be a reason to share. Like, for instance, I talk a lot about like body confidence and I found that that is something that a lot of people in my ideal audience connect with, whether or not that's really related to social media marketing. I think it is in some ways, Um, but a lot of my audience are other young women, and I know that's a common struggle. So that's kind of why I choose to talk about it, even though, you know, there might be a variety of other sort of like personal or vulnerable things I could share about, but that's sort of the one that I think makes sense. So I think that everybody kind of needs to figure out what are their goals and then how does being vulnerable or sharing personal things actually contribute to those goals. And I'm curious to hear from you because you have such an interesting career journey to getting to this point through the hospitality industry, doing social media there, and also through your work with doing influencer marketing, which I find really interesting. How did you start to realize that like being genuine and authentic was the best way for people to connect online with others? Was there some kind of turning point or moment or thing that you noticed that kind of made you think, oh, actually, like this honesty thing is definitely the better approach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to your point, you know, everything that you put out resonates with your target audience. And I think that's something that's really important to remember. And something that I say to my clients, if you are divulging personal information or something that you connect with, just be sure that you're willing and happy to share that in the first place. If it doesn't feel mm-hmm. right for you, then don't do it. But if you do feel comfortable, think about who you are trying to target with that. Because if it is people that will resonate, then by all means, it's it's, it's a great way to connect with people. I heard this quote once, and I love it so much. It's vulnerability fosters closeness. And I think mm-hmm. if you can be vulnerable about something then people will fall close to you if they relate to that and they connect to it. So I think exactly what you said, it's so important. But me realising, in all honesty, I think I've always been really draw- drawn to human marketing. And I wrote my dissertation on the subject of human connection and human marketing and how advertising was using more inverted commas, real people to connect with consumers on a more authentic level. So that was like deeply rooted into my studies. But I was working with some quite big brands and I noticed that they were almost afraid of this vulnerability and it was almost that Mm -hmm. corporate. I find it quite interesting, actually. Sorry, I'm I'm veering off a little bit, but I think corporates are always quick to say, oh, we need to be more authentic. We need to connect. But when it actually comes to crunch time, there's always some kind of pushback. I think they're a little bit scared of almost being too vulnerable. That being said, I think brands like Bumble do it really well. I think they have a great way of storytelling. But it wasn't until I started to use myself as my personal brand that I would get so many messages from people saying, I love your content. You explain things in such a way that really connects. I feel like I know you. I feel like we're friends. And I was like, yeah, that's so true because my favorite creators and the people that I really admire are the people that are really real and really honest and have very transparent brands. And I I realized quite quickly when I was starting my Instagram and building a bit of a community that actually people are just drawn to people and we spend so long on our screens scrolling and engaging that sometimes it's just amongst all of the polished you know influencer stuff and the glossy world of Instagram which I do think is changing by the way I do Mm -hmm. think we're, we're seeing more kind of realness but yeah I think it's I think things are slowly but surely changing and you're right, authenticity has become a buzzword and it's definitely something, especially in marketing, that I feel like people strive for. But to actually nail it and do it in a way that works, that's really hard because you, you just can't force authenticity. And especially if you're a big brand, I think it becomes quite difficult to try and be authentic because you have to you have to be authentic at your core, like your values have to shout stand for that and you have to you know do it in such a way that isn't just for the clout but just on that like who who are your favorite brands in terms of like or or businesses or anyone actually that you you think do authenticity and humanness or human marketing well
0: yeah I think that's a good question it's hard to come up with I have so many influencers right, that I follow that are real humans, and it's easy to forget that they are brands at the end of the day right? because they are so good at being vulnerable and sharing that personal story. For me, the example that always comes up, and I feel like I talk about her all the time in my YouTube videos and and podcasts as an example, but Sarah from the Birds Papaya, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's actually a Canadian influencer who is, has completely blown up over the past couple of years. And she talks a lot about self-esteem, body confidence, her journey through weight loss and weight gain and being a mom. And obviously there's some parts of that that I can relate to, some parts that you know aren't part of my journey, but nonetheless, I can really admire how much she shares herself. And it really does make you feel like you are like a close friend and that you know her so well. And I think that it's because, yeah, you genuinely do. Like She does share a lot about her life in a really honest way. But yeah, she is a business and a brand at the end of the day too. So I think that she, to me, is like the ultimate example of how to be really authentic on Instagram. But I do think that it can be hard for a lot of people getting started out. Like I feel like Sarah's at this point where she's been sharing for so long, it it, feels like it comes naturally to her. I don't know if it always has because you know I've never like asked her personally or whatever, but it seems very, very natural. Whereas I think for a lot of us who, and maybe you can relate to this, I'm not sure, but when you get started on Instagram and especially when you do have the goal of growing a business, it can feel really intimidating to talk about things that are a little bit more vulnerable because especially for me, I think, oh, what are my clients gonna think? Like, are they gonna judge me for this? Is this gonna make me less likely to get hired? And so for me, like going back to the question of like, Where do you draw the line between oversharing and being real? Like, where's that point where you choose not to share that vulnerable thing? To me, one of those lines is, is this going to make my clients trust me less or not, you know, want to hire me? Then I'm not going to include that. So that's kind of where I try to stay like a professional. I would never, ever complain about clients on Instagram. That's like a massive, you know. One of my huge rules of Instagram is do never complain about client work because I think that's just shooting yourself in the foot in terms of getting more jobs. But what I have found is that, you know, sometimes I do share about like being stressed out about work or feeling anxious or whatever it is. And I've had clients reach out to me and say, Oh, like, I hope that we're not causing the stress. Like we're thinking of you or whatever. And I'm always like, Oh no, don't worry about it. But I think that it's okay to humanize yourself and it's okay to say, I'm not perfect. I don't know absolutely everything. I'm trying to learn. I think that actually makes people trust you more, not less. Like even those moments where I'll say, you know, there's this thing about Instagram that I'm still learning. Like, I don't know the perfect strategy for getting the most views on your story every single time. I'm still, experimenting. You know, I think some people that are supposed like Instagram marketing experts would be really scared of sharing that because it seems like, oh, well, are you really an expert? But I think that people actually gravitate towards that and think, okay, like she's being honest. And I think that at the end of the day, it would be kind of in genuine for me to be like, I'm the perfect Instagram marketing expert. I know absolutely everything. Cause it would be kind of like, okay, you're Why don't you have a million followers yet? So I feel like, especially when you are not like a super famous, like lofty influencer, it's so much better to lead into that authenticity. And just saying like, I don't know everything. I feel like I know a lot and I'm always learning more and I'm excited to learn more, but there's no need to pretend that you are perfect if you're not. I don't know. I feel like I just went on a little bit of a rant there, yeah, but maybe would, you connect
1: with that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm so with you on that. I would never complain about client work because another thing to note, like if you are doing that, then everyone that follows you, I say this to my clients, they are a potential client, whether they look mm-hmm. you directly or whether they see your content and suggest you to someone else. So you have to remember that you are essentially selling yourself even if you're not directly selling a product or a course or whatever it is or you're not putting out a post that promotes you directly you're still building a brand that people want to buy into and if you're constantly complaining about clients and that just sends a message to your potential clients but mm-hmm. yeah I think it's it is a tricky one and especially since the pandemic I think everyone's used not not everyone but it's it's been easier to overshare online because that's where our main source of communication has come from so it does make it a bit more difficult um, for some people I know that don't have access to their friends and family so they use their online communities as a sounding board which is absolutely fine and I think that's okay but you're so right it's Instagram is always changing and I think that's the tricky part of doing what you and I both do and any anyone that works in social media actually is keeping up with the platform itself because clients can come to you and say like oh what's the best strategy for reels and you're still figuring it out yourself because it's a new feature and yes there's ways of guiding people but you're so right there are so many people that claim to be marketing or Instagram or whatever platform experts but to say that you are a full blown expert unless you're working directly with Instagram or like later or you've got like the inside knowledge before everyone else it's it's quite a big statement to say that you you know everything about Instagram or any platform for that matter so I'm with you that's the way that I work with my clients it's super transparent and I'm really lucky actually that my clients whether they have brands or their personal brands, they're super open-minded and they're happy to explore new features and the new things that are going on on Instagram. So we work very much together in exploring what works for them and what doesn't. But I think you have to be like that. If you're using social media for whatever reason, you kind of have to be open-minded and prepare to fail because yes, it's great in so many ways and there's so many opportunities that come with it, but not everything you do is going to work. Like, Sometimes mm. I'll post, I'll do a post that I've spent ages creating, and the engagement's really low. And then I'll post a reel that took me five minutes, and it will get like thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And it's like, what? But you just can't, you just can't predict what's going to work and what's not because it's constantly evolving. But did you have a particular moment? Because I know that you you've spoken about the fact that you're quite open with your followers and your communities online and that um, you advocate for this human approach but was there a particular moment for you where you thought okay I, I need to do this I need to be more open or have you naturally always had that approach towards your communities I
0: think that just in life, I've always been a kind of open book sort of person. I feel like I have like the worst poker face. Like people can always tell exactly what I'm thinking or feeling just by like my expression. So even like pre internet, I feel like I was always that kind of person. So then when it came to creating content online, I think I was always sort of destined to be the kind of person that just sort of shared everything. And I started on the internet when I was super young, like on on YouTube when I was like 12, 13 years old. So then I was just completely turning on the camera and saying whatever the heck I wanted. And I didn't really worry at all about the consequences because what 12 year old does. And then as time went on, I think that just continued to translate into my content. But what I actually have been reflecting on lately is the more recent part of my journey where I feel like almost when I became aware of the idea of like, you have to be authentic on Instagram, like share really openly. And when that became a more and more popular strategy, I feel like that almost to me, when I think back on my own, like history and timeline, that sort of lines up with a moment when I actually was getting a little bit more closed off and a little bit more calculated and professional because I was so focused on like, I have to grow, I have to get my engagement up. Like that's when I was really growing my business in earnest because previous to that, I was just doing social media for fun, like all through um, high school and university. So I don't know. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this too, because I feel like on Instagram as like We've seen the rise of authenticity. I feel like people almost think about it so much that they second guess themselves and then end up going in the other way. So when I was so like a couple years ago thinking, okay, I have to be authentic, have to be authentic, I feel like I was almost being then less authentic because I was overthinking it in a way. And I also think that it can be a little bit scary to know where to start because it's become such a popular trend on Instagram. There's almost like people out there are constantly upping the ante. It's like, okay, well, she's willing to talk about her body insecurities, but then this lady is willing to talk about her infertility. And then this lady is willing to talk about, you know, it just keeps getting more and more taboo and it can feel like, oh gosh, like what do I share about if I'm not comfortable sharing about those super taboo things, which Just to be clear, I think it's really great that people share about like taboo stuff. I think it's important that we come open about these things that have for so long not been talked about enough. But yeah, I don't know if you've kind of felt that way at times. I think I've kind of overcome that and become a little bit more natural in the way that I share online, though I am still thinking about, okay, what makes sense for my audience? But have you seen that too, where Because authenticity has become such a thing, I guess, on Instagram that it almost feels like, okay, people are just getting more and more open. And and then if you're new to it, it could be like, where do I jump in? Like, what do I start sharing? Like, what is even going to feel honest anymore? Because people are so willing to share everything now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have definitely noticed that. And I have to say, I think, and this might be the people that I follow, and that I'm a more kind of on my radar, but I feel like that's a bit more of an influencer thing. But that mm-hmm. then has a, a ripple effect. Because most people follow brands and influencers, and they're kind of seen as the people to lead the way online, you then see that kind of drip feed down into just, you know, normal people that are just using the platform. And I think, It can be really good. It can be a great thing because, you know, seven years ago, maybe even slightly less than that, mental health just wasn't spoken about. It was just not Mm -hmm. a thing. And no one spoke about the fact they had depression or anxiety or anything like that. So I think it's amazing that these kind of topics have come to light and body image, and we're talking more open and honestly. So, yeah, I think that is a great thing. However, Sometimes some trends, sorry, some topics can feel like trends, and it Mm -hmm. feels like people are almost bandwagoning a little bit. And that's when it's a shame because then the topics that really do need airtime almost get like tarred with the wrong brush because it's almost like people are just using it as a way to jump on trends. Like when you see influencers that clearly go to the gym every day and look incredible that will then post pictures of their tummy, tiny, like a tiny bit of bloat. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I've gained so much weight. And it's like, whoa, because that is not okay. because there are people that are feeling super down about their body anyway. And if that is your idea of a bad day, then I think we all need to press pause. That being said, exactly. There are some influencers out there who post, who are in great shape and will post, you know, pictures of them sat down, not looking great and off guard, but they'll communicate it in such a way that is authentic. And they'll say like, I know that I have nothing to worry about, but I just want to show you like my pictures are posed and this isn't real. But when someone's kind of doing it to jump on a trend and it's almost like seek validation for their imperfections, it's like, that kind of feels a bit icky, and it's it's not okay.
0: I totally agree. I feel like that sort of cut you off, but this is something I'm so passionate about because that <laughs> okay. absolutely sends me when really, really like thin women online are like co-opting the body positivity movement, which was like founded by like fat black and queer women, you know, and making it their own because it's like this, you know, movement isn't for you. It's not even for me as a mid size, like size 14 white woman. And so that's why I personally claim like body confidence, which I think can be for everybody. But anyway, I just think that that is a huge culprit of exactly what you're talking about, where people are taking on somebody else's movement that happens to be having kind of a moment and then trying to make it like for themselves. And so it's like, if I see one more size zero person trying to give themselves belly rolls to be like, look, like I'm not perfect either. Like I'm going to lose my mind. Cause it's like, you know what, just figure out what makes sense for you and what actually is your struggle and is your story because there is something, you know, you don't have to like steal somebody else's struggle just to try to like get clout. But anyway, that's my thought.
1: No, totally. And I think that's something that people do wrong on social media a lot is that they don't actually explore the root of where movements come from and they almost tap into it for their own gain and that's when it's wrong if you are a size zero white woman with body insecurities there are groups that you can join and there are people that you can talk to about that but you cannot jump on trends that were not mm-hmm. like, sorry, not trends movements that just aren't for you and you can't steal people's moments and I think we do see a lot of that so yeah, it's it's a tricky game, and I think influencers. There are a few culprits that, that 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 do that, but sadly, sometimes I think that's kind of the world that we live in. And although it's wrong, you kind of I don't know. I feel like it's it, this is a whole other podcast. I think we could talk yeah. about so so long, but I think authenticity in influences it's it's tricky, and I do wonder. You know, these people, their whole life is in front of a camera. They have to share everything and like you say people are constantly up in the ante and sharing their behind the scenes and you know people share a lot about their family and their their home and their life and for me that's too far because I don't talk about my personal life when it comes to work so I share some bits you know I'll, I'll talk about the stuff that I'm doing at the weekend maybe or you know just more kind of top level stuff. But I think it's more of a coaching thing that I've seen where people really share their personal life. And I don't know if that's like in a bid to get closer to people and connect with people in a way. But for me, that just feels a bit too far when you're sharing like the granular detail of your personal life something about that doesn't and that's just my opinion by the way I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's right or wrong for some people you know they might really like that and it might work but I know for me I think my idea of authenticity is say how you feel absolutely stand up for what is right have an opinion if you're having a down day yeah by all means share it but only if you feel comfortable and only if that's really how you're feeling and, you know, you, you you feel compelled to share that because sometimes I think it really shows when people are sharing and it doesn't feel right for them. And I think that's when it can feel like the lack of authenticity is there because it's like, are you sharing this for the right reasons? Like, are you in the right headspace to be talking about this?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think we've just identified like another sort of line between authentic and like too far and I totally agree that for me family is one of those places too like it's one thing to say like oh you know like I'm I'm hanging out with my family this weekend or like oh my dad's helping me work on my van conversion or whatever like that obviously is fine but you know I would never get on Instagram and be like I'm having this conflict with my parents right now or <laughs> whatever or like I don't agree with my parents political views on this or that like I also recognize and I think a lot of people that are trying to build an audience online need to think about how you are the one that has chosen to have this more public life. You know, like my partner, my parents, my siblings, they have not chosen to try to become Instagram influencers and therefore likely want more privacy online than I would. And over the years, like my family and friends have become, you know, more comfortable or like, okay, with me filming them in vlogs back when I used to do that more often or or whatever, but certainly would not be comfortable with me going online and talking about, Oh yeah, this is this argument that I just had or whatever. Like, I think a lot of people understand that, but I think just realizing like the the consent piece there of, okay, I've consented to become this person that is, you know, up for public scrutiny basically, but these people in my life haven't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important as well. And it's, it's interesting. A lot of influencers will share like their kids as babies and when they're young and that's really sweet. And I think some, some people do that really well. But there is also an element of that. There are some that are just constantly, constantly, constantly on their phones with their kids. And I don't know, maybe I'm really old fashioned, but I'm just like, God, I wouldn't want my children to just constantly be at the center of attention through a phone and i think it's that exactly that that consent piece and if you are that kind of person and you like sharing your family life that's cool but i think there just there just has to be a bit of a limit on that but where do you think authenticity started like when do you think this started to happen because i remember it wasn't even i mean it's only for me really i think in the last few few years or so but Instagram used to be so glossy and everyone would facetune their pictures and edit everything and it was all like very pristine and the highlights of people's lives but we're seeing now more and more that people are just leaning into this idea of authenticity where do you think that that started from And when I guess when did you start to notice that
0: so this is my theory and like I don't know I I'm kind of like to think of myself as a little bit of an internet historian because I've been in the online world for so long, but that doesn't mean that my ideas are accurate, but this is my kind of theory about like the rise of authenticity on Instagram. So I feel like the modern day influencer really like started with the fashion bloggers of the late 2000s and early 2010s because they were sort of the people on the forefront of Instagram content that wasn't just meant for family and friends. Like I remember when Instagram first launched when I was in high school and really we were just posting photos to like share with our friends from school. Like I wasn't even thinking about the idea that they were internet famous people. Like there were YouTubers, sure, but that was kind of a different thing in my mind. And then the very popular fashion bloggers of that period started to go over to Instagram, which I feel like was the perfect platform. It's like made for them, right? Because it's so visuals based, they can share their outfit of the day and whatever. And I think by that time, the really like famous fashion bloggers, the ones that were like getting invited to fashion week and stuff like that had become so established. They were practically like models, right? Like they were some of them even in magazines, whatever. So I feel like the first experience of influencers on Instagram was this really highly polished, like glossy sort of thing, because it was like, these women were off of a magazine page. Like that was the sort of vibe they exuded. And I think that people just started to get a little bit tired of that because it felt so same old, same old, like the exact same reason that many of us have some level of resentment towards women's magazines because they made us feel insecure or whatever. And so I think that people started to get a little bit impatient with that. And then I think people started to experiment as people saw the ability to be an influencer, which was kind of demonstrated by these fashion bloggers. Then it was like, oh, well, I could try this for myself, but how about I put a different spin on it? And so I think that's when, the authenticity piece started to come to the forefront because people were starting to go viral. Like I would say in like the mid 2010s or late 2010s, people were starting to go viral for sharing stuff, um, you know, clapping back. So to say against like certain things, that were sort of cultural norms. Like for instance, I think that Jenna Kutcher is a really great example of this. So she had been like slowly building her audience for many years. And then I think it was in 2017, she posted a Instagram post where she was sort of responding to a comment where somebody said like, Oh, like, how did you snag your husband? Like he's so fit and you're overweight or something. I forget exactly what the wording was, but she was basically, you know, like I said, clapping back to this person. And I remember that went viral. And that's actually how like I found her, how a lot of my friends found her. And so I think there was a lot of that happening at the time because people were so sick of this like overly produced sort of glossy thing on Instagram that when people were willing to step forward and say like, no, like I don't agree with this. Like I can, you know, be a plus size woman and, you know, have a super muscular husband or whatever the situation is. And and that I think started to kind of break through because people were already really sick of this, you know, sort of, yeah, glossy side of Instagram. And then when they saw people coming through in, and kind of opposing that, then people would like cling to them. And that's how a lot of people I think grew really big audiences really fast through that sort of viral thing. And then because that was demonstrated as such a successful strategy, I guess, then a lot of other people started doing the same. So I don't know, maybe you have a different interpretation of like how things went down. But I feel like that is like, The journey of how authenticity became such a thing on Instagram.
1: Yeah I completely agree and actually I was like nodding as you were speaking because so much of that is true and it's really interesting when you read the media and the kind of research behind all of this the idea of like the traditional supermodel how they used to be is kind of dead now because a lot of Instagram models now walk the runway and influencers now are celebrities. Celebrity culture really has been replaced by big Instagram names or YouTubers. And for brands, that's actually such a better marketing tool. Obviously, celebrities still play a part, but influence. it's interesting that it's called influencer marketing and not celebrity marketing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there will be an element of, I guess they're called talent, but influencer marketing is a part of every brand strategy and influences are essentially, when you think of influencers, the traditional, I guess, that everyone thinks of that springs to mind is a fashion influencer or a beauty influencer or a lifestyle influencer. And I think you're so right. I think we are in this culture now that used to idolise this idea of perfection. And because social media, it's, it's still so new. I, I often think about what will happen in years to come, like where will Instagram be, what will the next, because they all just like go through the motions and evolve, don't they, and there's always new new platforms cropping up, but I think initially, yeah, like even in the Myspace days actually, I remember there being kind of Myspace influencers, I and mean, that's just grown and evolved, and then obviously fashion influencers, as you said, took the world by storm, and I think they just got to a point where people just got sick of it, and got tired of it, and you know, the Kardashians, for example, God love them. But and I think everyone was just like, this is not, this is not maintainable. Like I can't live like this. And then you had people spearheading that movement that were just honest and open and like the Jenna Kitchens of the world that you mentioned. And I think the average person just saw that as so refreshing. And it was almost like that, that validation that actually it's okay to be a normal person and have bad days and not be super thin and have a really good looking boyfriend and drink green juice every day and wake up at 5am. Like I think people were relieved to know that that wasn't the ideal. And the more that, because a lot of influencers have seen incredible growth through their authenticity. And I think a lot of the, the influencers that have previously been quite glossy and had this facade almost have seen that. And then that's just opened up this avenue Of of more authenticity, which is great, but yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how it's evolved. Because I remember when I first joined Instagram years ago, it was all like heavily filtered and like make your pictures look different. And now there's like this big no filter movement. So I'm I'm always so interested to think about what what's going to happen eventually. Like what will be the trends in ten years? Because when you think back to ten years ago how everyone even how everyone dressed and like the hairstyles even Mm -hmm. 10 years ago it's like so incredibly different but do you think that the pandemic has actually accelerated this authenticity movement how do you think that's kind of changed things
0: I feel like there's definitely been a huge impact in the way that people talk about their lives online and I think really what the determining factor is to me, is that authenticity at the end of the day is really about relatability because you can be like, for instance, Kylie Jenner can be super authentic about how rich she is and how many fancy cars she has and how big her closets are. And that's being honest, but it's certainly not relatable. So I think the thing about authenticity that really brings people in on social media and like helps establish your audience and the like, know, and trust factor is when you are relatable to your audience. And I think that in a way the pandemic has had a, I mean, obviously some people have been impacted much worse than others, but there is a lot of stuff that we all have in common right now. Like we're all staying at home. We can't travel. There's not much to do. The vast majority of us who are actually, you know, following the rules can relate to that. And so, that I think has given a lot of people this relatability factor that not that they didn't have it before, but maybe it was about stuff that they weren't necessarily sharing. And so now when everybody's like, oh yeah, like staying at home or like, is it Tuesday? Is it Sunday night? I can't tell. You know, we all kind of have those things to relate to now because we are having this really like life-changing collective experience. So I think that, in a way, because we're all kind of experiencing a similar thing at the same time, the pandemic has given people a window a little bit into that authenticity and relatability because it almost made certain things maybe not as scary to to be authentic about because you kind of already have this implicit feeling of like, well, everybody else feels this way too. Even though with other things that it might be more scary to share about like insecurities, um, body image, that kind of thing. Those also like, you know, we all have that in common and we all could probably relate to that, but it's not as obvious. So to me, like when I think back on, well, and to present day as well, like it's continuing. I think that the pandemic has like, yeah, just given us all something to relate to. And I think that's a core piece of authenticity online.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it's kind of crazy, actually, that for the first time in not everyone's lifetime, but like the most of us, this is the first time that everybody globally has been in the same situation so there is that immediate relatability whether that is you know job loss or losing a loved one we're all i personally think what i've seen is so much more empathy from people and don't get me wrong there's still trolls on twitter spending their days <laughs> just being rude mm-hmm. but on the whole i think people are a lot more kind online and more tolerant of people you know, having bad days. I think before influencers that perhaps have spoken about mental health have had trolls and people, and I'm sure, I'm so sure they definitely still do, but it does feel like there's a bit more of a collective empathy. And with that, it's the same, like I said earlier, vulnerability fosters closeness. So with that, that empathy, we've been born into this new way of living that advocates for authenticity. So I think so. I think I think it's spurred it on more so from like regular people, i.e. like not influencers. I think influencers were tapping into that trend way before, but I've definitely seen like my personal Instagram account versus my work Instagram account, completely different things. But on my personal account, I've seen people that I've known for years, people I've not known for that long become quite open about their struggles and their mental health, which has been really nice because I think for a lot of people, it's reassuring to know that there are other people around them that are going through the same struggles and feeling the same thing. And they know that, you know, a lot of people will say "If you're struggling, please DM me, I'd love to chat. And I think that's really nice, especially at a time like now. So yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's started the movement by any means, but I definitely think it's encouraged this, this authenticity and just the way we engage with each other as well. I think Instagram changed during the pandemic it was well all platforms it social media became like a primary news source so as a result people were using it less for friends and family stuff and more so to see like what the hell is going on with the world so yeah I do think the way that we we use it now has massively changed.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like I mean, it has been becoming this way for several like years now, I think, but really in the past year, I think that we've all just kind of cemented authenticity at the core of what it even means to be a content creator on Instagram. Like it is sharing a piece of yourself and sure it's maybe sharing your expertise or your knowledge or giving advice or, you know, trying to market your business. But at the end of the day, we all are humans. And I think, that to me is what like authenticity on social media is about as well as not just the authenticity of you but also realizing the humanness of all of your followers and kind of recognizing like these aren't just a number this isn't just a stat or a vanity metric like these are actual human beings that are receiving a message from me and hopefully being impacted in a positive way
1: yeah Absolutely. I agree. I think everyone's just a bit more self aware now because we've all had to go through the same thing collectively. So there's definitely been a change and a shift, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think people having self awareness and being a bit more, a bit more sympathetic, I guess, is, is not a bad thing. Cause if we're being completely honest, social media can be quite a scary and dangerous place at times. And although, yes, that is definitely still happening. I do feel that collectively people are a bit more mindful.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. And you know what? I feel like there are a million better ways that we all could have learned empathy because the pandemic has been absolutely shitty and 100% did not need to happen. But if you are a silver lining type person, then our collective lesson about empathy maybe is something to take away from the past year and probably, you know, several months to come still. So anyway, Daisy, this has been such a great conversation. I've loved talking about authenticity with you. And before we get too into griping about the pandemic, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. Before we go, though, I have a set of rapid fire questions that I like to ask all of my podcast guests because I just always love to get an insight into other creators' and other entrepreneurs sort of habits and processes. So are you good to go for the rapid fire questions? Yes. Yes, please. All right. Number one, what is the app that you couldn't run your business without? If you could only pick one, what would you choose?
1: Oh, that's so hard. Um, Later scheduling tool.
0: Oh, I also love later. It is such a game changer.
1: Uh, Honestly, when, when people tell me they don't schedule their content, I'm like, are you okay like what <laughs> how right. it's, i don't understand how people just post on the go it it makes me anxious so absolutely later and also not just for the scheduling but like their blog there's just they're just great i
0: love later yes such a good gr- such a good resource for all social media managers i think so that brings us to number 2 what is your favorite social media platform to create
1: content for instagram Yeah, I have to say Instagram, and I think the reason being is that there's opportunity to do everything on there. You can make long form video content, you can make reels. You know, it's it's TikTok and YouTube in one. Really, I know they're very different, but it has all the features. It has everything on there, and it's so visual. And I just I feel like Instagram. When you meet someone and you're like, oh, what's your Instagram? Tells such a nice story about who that person is. I feel like you can tell a lot about another person from their Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's it's yeah, I have to say
0: it's Instagram. That leads well into my third rapid fire question, which is
1: Reels or TikTok? Oh, Reels! I love Reels. Reels, interesting. Okay. Do you know what? Actually, Reels to make. Like I love making Reels for myself and my clients but TikTok to browse and watch other creators. But the danger with TikTok is I feel like I open the app and then I blink and I've spent half an hour looking at people making weird cheese fondue. And I'm like this, I've gained no, no knowledge here at all. And I'm probably never going to make this recipe, but (laughs) yes, I feel like people are so clever on TikTok. Like the level of creativity is amazing. So Yeah, I'd say Reels to create, but TikTok to consume.
0: I'm exactly the same way. I am way more like inspired to create Reels because I see more immediate return on them. I often post my Reels on TikTok as well, which has been doing like pretty good for me, but I am definitely a TikTok viewer. I very rarely browse Reels, but I'm always looking through TikTok and it is so addicting. It is a time suck for sure.
1: No, agreed completely.
0: All right, number four, are you normally watching more YouTube or listening to more podcasts? So this is my YouTube or podcast question.
1: So I watch a lot of YouTube for learning. So if I want to find something out about ads, I do a lot of paid ads. And there's so much amazing information on YouTube. So anything work related, if I'm looking to upskill, I always check out YouTube first. But for more kind of like weekend listening or if I'm going for a walk I'll listen to a podcast but I do that less with the intent to learn and it's more so just I listen to a lot of educational podcasts but it's more like things about entrepreneurship and people's stories and their opinions whereas YouTube I use that more as like a a learning resource
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that totally makes sense So my last question is maybe less rapid fire and maybe a little bit more reflective. And I know I didn't give you this one ahead of time. So take your time if you got to think about it. But I always love to ask this. What is a piece of advice if you could go back in time to the beginning of your social media journey and tell yourself something? Maybe it's about authenticity or maybe it's just about you know your business journey as a whole. What piece of advice would you give yourself when you were just starting out?
1: Um, I know this question because it's something that I actually think about a lot and I advise a lot of people to do and it sounds really cliché, but it is just to be yourself because I think when you first start on this journey, it's really easy to look at what the people around you are doing, especially in social media, like I feel like a lot of social media managers have quite a similar aesthetic. And I realized quite quickly that that just isn't my vibe. Like my Instagram is very bright, like lots of bright colors, which isn't the norm for my industry, mm-hmm. but that is my my brand. That's how I am. I wear a lot of bright clothes. And for before I kind of found my brand and established who I was and what I was about, I was very much trying to mold into like a cookie cutter of what I thought social media managers should be. And then I stopped doing that. And since then, you know, I have amazing, very lucky, but I get a lot of business inquiries and people always say it's because of your branding, you really stand out. And I think don't feel, and if if your aesthetic is, you know, a bit more minimal, that's fine. That's not to say like you must use bright colours to stand out because I follow loads of like more minimal accounts that I love. But the thing that they all have in common is that they're so just authentically themselves and I know that sounds again like really cliche and quite vague and it's a hard piece of advice because people always say I actually watched a really good TED talk on this by the way about like how to be yourself and the woman said people always say just be yourself like oh just be yourself like it's the hardest thing to do and like you've never had to think about how to do that before but because quite often we're so scared to be ourselves people hold back. So yeah, do you and if that's bright colours, or if that is minimal, whatever that looks like, as long as you're creating content that you feel comfortable with, and that you love, then the content will do its work for you because you believe in it. And it's what you're passionate about. And people will see that. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that is the perfect piece of advice to cap off an episode about authenticity. So thank you so much for coming on the Creator Club podcast. It has been such a joy speaking with you this morning about authenticity and how it has shaped our experience on social media. So yeah, just thank you so much. This has been great. Before we go, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you online?
1: Yes. So thank you so much for having me, by the way. I've really enjoyed this chat. I love talking about this. And I feel like so much of what you said massively resonated. And I also feel like I learned a lot. So thank you so much for having me. But yeah, if you'd like to follow me, you can find me at the underscore self underscore hood on Instagram. I also use LinkedIn a lot, and I post a lot of kind of long form caption blog content on there. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Daisy Morris. So yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: No worries. All right. Speak to you
0: soon. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Creator Club podcast. If you listen to this entire episode, I want to know who you are. Send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Steckley so we can chat. Do you want to be part of the official Creator Club? You can join my Insider Squad Facebook group by going to katiesteckley.com slash club. I'd love to see you there. Finally, if you're looking for more value-packed content like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash katie. Go to my channel and search Instagram hacks, and I promise you won't be disappointed. If you want to hear more episodes like this and support this show to continue, please leave me a review in iTunes. It really helps me out. And you just might get featured on the next episode as the review of the week. Leave your IG handle in the review so I can give you a shout out. Again, thanks so much for listening. And as always, I hope you are having adventures and following your dreams. And I'll catch you next week, Creator Club.